Welcome, everybody. Excited to take your calls today. We'll be out on Twi Twitter Spaces. All you do is raise your hand there, and uh, I'll bring you up to the podium. And if you're selected, you'll be streaming out on multiple platforms. You're agreeing to do so by raising your hand. So it'll be Rumble, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, wherever. YouTube, of course. So uh, a lot to talk about today. I was One of the reasons I was kind of looking forward to today's show, I was thinking, I don't feel like I've taken calls in a long time. And the reason I felt that way is because I hadn't. I hadn't taken calls in quite some time. Uh, we've had multiple interesting guests that we have to kind of debrief on. Jim Thorpe, Edward Dowd, Jay Bhattacharya. I've had no chance to kind of discuss and process all that with you guys. You noticed I was kind of sitting by during a lot of that information, which is what I intend to do. I want to give people a space to deliver their thoughts and We'll kind of look at it across time and see how much of it is right, how much of it is wrong. The idea that it can't be spoken uh, is insane. And the fact that we can go to talk about it amongst our peers is a very important process. And a, a certain arc, a story has, has sort of uh, evolved for me in my understanding of what's been going on here. So I have a deeper understanding by virtue of talking to these guys. So we'll get to that and your calls after this. Our laws, as it pertain to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it, I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And welcome today. Susan is trying to tell me something. Maybe you ought to say it right now on the mic because I couldn't hear you. What's that? Happy Yom Kippur. Oh, yes. Indeed. To all Happy our Yom Jewish Kippur, friends. And hope you'll be able to break the fast this evening. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what we are all, um, what we have done to have uh, 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 taken the burden that we have over the last couple of years, but it must have been something. Uh, so uh, hopefully by expunging your sins, things will be better uh, going forward. Can you put your mic more in front of your face and not sideways? So um, like that? Is that better? Yeah, so it's not right. point. Yeah, there you go. All right, there you go. So I want to start with describing a phenomenal video by John Campbell that somebody was tweeting, and it was hysterical. Uh, of course, John Campbell is the nurse, PhD, who uh, helped. Uh, he, he did what I thought I was doing during the depths of COVID, which was just trying to make sense of the data as it came in. I, you know, trying to reassure everybody, just tell us where we are, tell us what we need to watch out for. He did, a, he did a great job. He mostly analyzed data. It's really what he was looking at. And uh, he has, I guess, become part of the Russell Brand um, devoted. Uh, he seems, because Russell Brand got a ding on YouTube, and uh, Dr. Campbell got a ding on YouTube as well for discussing the I word. Uh, there's Russell. Uh, and Caleb, am I getting that right? They both got a strike. They were not deplatformed, but they got a strike for discussing um, these these unconventional therapeutics. Is that correct? That's what it looks like. It, he probably mentioned the I word uh, that's in the title yeah. of his video there. <laughs> Maybe one he, too many at times. The end, at the end of that video, he does something absolutely hysterical. He, 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 <laughs> I, he goes... Um, well, let's look at what the CDC says about this product. And he reads what's on the CDC website, which gives a mechanism of action for its antiviral effects and says, but we don't recommend it for anybody unless they're in a 
uh, randomized controlled trial. So here are two trials you should sign up for. So he goes to this one at the, uh, shoot, I wish I could remember the name of the clinic. Uh, and he goes, uh, all right, well, here we go. And he's reading about it. And he goes, uh, let's see, how, when did this start? Oh, it started, uh, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, six and one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten plus six is, what is that? 16. 16 months and not a single preprint, not one word of data coming out of there. I wonder what that means. I'm not saying, he goes, he goes, he goes not diddly squat coming out of that, that research protocol. And what he is telling you in the, in, in his, in his, inimitable British way. That's his first message, which is that the, the study must be positive, which is why they're not willing to publish anything or they're not doing the study. Those are the only two possibilities. All right, that's number one. Then number two, he goes on. If you could go on there, Caleb, it's like the last two minutes of this thing, maybe a minute and a half, and show me the video up there and you'll see, you know, kind of keep going, keep going. No, no, oh, oh, that's the principal study. That's the one he was talking about. Now keep going. The Oxford study, that's what it was. And he goes, really, Oxford study? He starts counting his fingers. And anyway, go further. I want you to go further. I want you to see something here. There he's counting his fingers. He's so funny. He is so dry. Don't go too long or we'll get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, well, keep going forward. Go a little forward there when you, till you see a medication box. There we go. He actually pulls out the medication. He goes, well, I just want to see what it looks like. I keep this around in case I get a helminthic affection or certain kinds of scabies. And oh, oh, do not take this medication. <laughs> Do not take this medication. You should not take this medication. And I'm telling you, this is just what it looks like. Do not take this medication because we are told by the authorities, do not take this medication. And in that picture, he is saying he's taking it prophylactically every day. That's what he's telling you by that picture. I just was laughing my ass off. I don't think that's a good idea, by the way. Do not think I'm co-signing this. Right. I am not co-signing it. I've seen it not work. Um, it's, you know, it's, if it does work, it's really on the margins. It, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. If he wants to take it, God bless him. If it Joe makes Logan you feel terrible. It, God, well, why would you know that young lady? I took one. For what? When you got <laughs> right. COVID you, the first time. At that point, you took it for a prophylaxis, Prophylactically, and then I almost threw up and said, okay. fuck it. Right. And so, uh, I am not, and I am, I am not recommending it not the way he's doing it. I mean, you should not do it. I mean, that is not my opinion is these early therapies, these prophylactic things, I, I really have not seen them work. I, the data is sketchy. If you want to do it with your doctor, please discuss it with him or her and, and have at it. But, uh, uh, you know, the, both the, the H and the I medicines, of course, I've used for years, and we discussed it with um, Dr. Thorpe. Don't talk uh, too much about I'm it. I'm going to stop. But we talked, we discussed with Dr. Thorpe yesterday. It's just funny because it's like now the people that have 300,000 views or a million views or whatever are getting strikes and they're like, sorry, but it's bot stuff. And then they probably got it back up because I saw them on the on YouTube the next day. So it's just, it's just so silly. They hey, should guys, stop that rule. Something is going wrong on Rumble where we are not rolling and have no rant. So check that out. I don't know if there's something technical well, there's, going on there. There's 136 people that popped in, but I don't see it either. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> uh, so a bunch of people popped on, but it. But I they can't. may have popped off because I'm not sure this is streaming there. Well, let's check it out. All right. So Caleb, event, can you work your magic it, over there? In any event, uh, what Dr. Thorpe brought up was the safety profile. No, it's wrong. It's on there. It's just weird. It's not showing up on our computer for some reason, but I can see it. Okay. 
Yeah, it looks like their uh, chat is having it, issues, but people are definitely watching. It, it right it's now. the chat, yeah. So okay. if you're on Rumble and you want to chat, head on over to YouTube until we figure out. Yeah, go to Restream. We can talk on. to you there. Uh, what Russell video was that that got? No, I was talking about John Campbell's video from yesterday. I wasn't talking about Russell Brand. I don't know when he got dinged, but I assume it was the same kind of conversation. And it's just interesting to me that John Campbell, who was was more um, in the Covidian camp, or what well, should we say, Covidian? I don't know which which camp it was, but he was <laughs> much more sort of in favor of the locking down and the measures and this and that. And I don't know what's happened to him. I'm going to have to watch him a little more. He seems to have drifted over as a result of the information that's coming out sort of more into my zone where I'm very skeptical that these measures they took did anything, uh, were founded in any kind of science, had uh, any utility at all. If it had utility, I'd be all for it. But I think it only harmed people, which is why I'm questioning it. And it didn't do anything. It's not like not doing it would have killed grandma. Grandma died anyway. Is the, the point is it didn't work. It didn't do anything. Now, as you all know, I always have to restate my vaccine position because people get very confused about that for some reason. My, I'm also, I'm, I'm a super moderate on everything and I'm also a moderate on the vaccine. So here's my thing on vaccine. It is clear over the age of 65, it is clear that the vaccine is keeping the most at-risk people, which are the elderly, out of the hospital and reducing deaths. I would again refer you to Monica Gandhi. I will bring her back here and talk to her. She's convinced that it's primarily sort of cellular immunity, the T-cell remnant response or the early vaccines that has kept us out of trouble. Um, so I have my patients. I have many, many, many elderly patients and they are all vaxxed up. Uh, some of them are starting to get the bivalent vaccine. I've been telling them to hold off on that because we didn't have any human experience with it yet. Now we are starting to get some human experience, so I'm sort of telling them to go ahead, the ones that are highly motivated. So that's it. Over 65. Under 65, it gets complicated. That's all I'm saying. It gets complicated. And in my opinion, uh, there was some data just out that uh, I think Vinay Prasad just uh tweeted about. I'm going to read it to you. It was some some uh, myocarditis data. And the sort of take on it was, see, there's nothing here. And I was like, oh my God, there's a lot here, which is that with a two dose and a booster, the risk of myocarditis in, let me get the right, in the sort of 16 to 20, oh, really the, the teenagers, 16 to, to 17 year old, one, two, three, up. Uh, yep, is roughly 188 per million, okay? So that is committing nearly 200 young males, healthy young males to a, I cannot emphasize how serious myocarditis is. Now it's turning out to be reversible and it's looking like it's gonna be okay, but this is a group of people who will not get sick from COVID getting sick from the vaccine. That's my concern, that's my concern. Now, if you can show me data that they are more likely to have serious long-term consequences from COVID per million cases on the range of 200 per million cases, but the reality is it's, it just, it's like way, way downstream. So let me, let me actually look it up. Um, let's say deaths, uh, I feel like Dr. Campbell now, deaths, uh, that's what he does per million uh late we'll just say adolescence adolescence and by the way i was looking at a very narrow age group some cigars still can't COVID. catch COVID. he said he got sick this week nope 
negative for COVID. Hey, you know what? You should, if you have a sore throat Mm -hmm. and you test your nose when you have COVID, it won't show up. But if you test your throat. I cannot vouch for that. It worked for me and Paulina both. I cannot vouch for that. And I was like, I was surprised because like I took the COVID test in my nose and I had a sore throat. All right. So deaths per million. So anyways, try your throat if you have a sore throat. Deaths involving coronavirus 2019. But I hope you don't have it, Tom. We still can't see the chat on Rumble. It's weird. It's it's playing, okay. but it's not. It's just not showing us your comments. And I I feel bad because we really love your comments on Rumble. But yes, if you yes. want to go over to YouTube and uh, give us your comments there for the day, it's YouTube.com/slash Dr. Drew. Also, we're gonna take super chat questions uh, if you guys want to uh, do that. Uh, also. Uh, we're also on Twitter and also on, we don't see the comments on Twitter, but we also, we see them on Twitch as well. All right. We're going to try to get age group data. It's really hard to get it. Jesus Christ. It should not be this hard. to get. Okay, Drew, data. let's take, calls. all right. Let's take, all take right. Some we'll calls. take some calls. But anyway, uh, I, I also want to sort of re- You got to do this in advance. Okay. I just want to re- re-discuss a little bit about, uh, Dr. Dowd, I'm not Dr. Dowd, he's not a doctor, and that's the whole point. People are taking issue with that, and that is true. And these are all opinions. These are not things you should take to the bank. Uh, And same thing with Dr. Thorpe. Obviously, that is an outlying opinion. It's weird to me that the NHS, the National Healthcare Service at Britain, on one page is that recommending against the vaccine, on another page recommending for it. The Royal Academy of Obstetrics is recommending for it. It's all over the place. So there's a lot of controversy there. The one thing that Dr. Thorpe th- said that I will stay with me is that his, in his clinical experience, he has seen an uptick in all kinds of problems and birth defects and early early intrauterine growth, growth retardation and spontaneous abortions and all that kind of stuff. Now, could that be confirmation bias on his part? Absolutely. Absolutely it could. But we are trained as physicians to really tune into our clinical experience. So I put a lot of, as you notice when I talked to him about that, I put a lot of uh, weight on that. I, put, I believe uh, thoroughly in pe- doctors' impressions. So, But again, he's one clinician. He's not a group of clinicians. And uh, off we go. And as far as uh, Ed Dowd goes, we'll see how that data bears out. We'll see how the data bears out. And then finally, Dr. Bhattacharya, whom you know um, I am a great fan of. I do not understand why people take issue with him. I saw Dr. Gorski taking, it wasn't just him. No, it was Dr. Pan, who is the author of AB 2098, who is a pediatrician, who is the one that authored this Bumqua bill bill to make it essentially encumbering of a physician's license if he or she gives anything other than the standard of care advice when somebody asks anything about COVID. Now, the standard of care with COVID has been changing all the time, so it's a very hard thing for us to understand exactly what that is. But Dr. Pan said some things that I hope he did not mean uh, about Jay Bhattacharya saying that our board exams somehow are meaningless. I don't. I, that does not sound like Jay to me. And I hope it's not you, sir, Dr. Pan, that are saying that. Our board exams, as I believe you would uh, would agree, are highly meaningful. It what it what separates the wheat from the chaff. It's what protects the public. If we pass specialty boards, I have two sets of boards I've passed more than once, and that is what establishes you as an expert. It's those boards, not our license. Our license is part of what protects the public, but it's actually those board exams. So, any event. 
Uh, so by, that's just a, a, bit, a bit of advice. If you're looking for a doctor, always make sure they are board certified. That's how you can sort of make certain that you're um, seeing somebody who's uh, of a certain quality. All right, I'm going to take some calls right now. I appreciate you guys calling in. We're on Twitter Spaces. We're also, I'm watching you on Restream. I will try. Uh, Della saying Dr. Prasad was funny the other day, said he got a notice where he was eligible for the new bivalent. He wondered if he was going to be the ninth mouse. That is very funny. Um, <laughs> uh, didn't... Uh, Let's say Mr. Biden say the pandemic is over. There was a very hysterical. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Ad, there was a very yes. Add Caleb. It. Is I got it. It was my mistake. Also, Caleb's gonna keep track of any super chats that come through. Okay, great, and I'll happily answer those super chats. I don't think we can see it on the restream, right? And do by the way, get your flu shots, everybody. Susan, I brought flu shots home. I brought them home Can't so wait. we can, as you know, you've, you've paid for them. So thank you for that. <laughs> I did. Uh, I appreciate. It. I brought uh, three of them home. I paid for the flu shots for all his patients. I don't think we get that money back, do we? Yes, you do. Oh, we do. Yes, you do. I don't know that we have to use all of it to make sure we get it back. <laughs> oh God. All right. So uh, let me get some calls here from you guys. Let's uh, see what's going on. Your this podcasts is. paid for it. Uh, Genucel to... paid for your flu shots in your office. Yes, that's true. <laughs> See, Susie Q is a speaker. She can just, uh, uh, what's going on there, Susie? Hi, hey. can you hear me? We do. Okay, good. Um, I kind of got off track because I have multiple sclerosis mm -hmm. and, you know, my mind it takes in all this information and I forgot the original question I was going to uh -oh. ask you. But I wanted to throw this at you. Um, I have no family um, except a son and a sister and a sister-in-law and two nephews. Mm -hmm. I've lost everybody in the last 12 years. Um, I have came very close to death. I've had a pulmonary... Um, embolisms. I've been in and out of the hospital. Right. And, right. and so, so, so a couple questions. Uh, do you know what kind of uh, MS do you have? You're like secondary progressive. What, what do you have? No, I'm, yeah, I'm secondary progressive, which okay. they now, a new thing at yeah. the end, which I cannot, um, there's no more medicine for me to take. Okay. I've taken every okay. injection. Okay. Everything. Okay. And you just mentioned a whole bunch of family members and then said no one's around. Have all those people died? Yes. Okay. And from what? Well, um, my brother died of pancreatitis. Okay. So all, all different things. How can we help today? What's going on? Well, my main thing is uh, I'm seeing a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get over the grief. Mm. You people that I do have are, you know, basically cut me out of their lives. Mm. And they think that MS is BS and I just want attention. And um, do, do you have a do you have a psychiatric diagnosis? I have a few. OK. Is there anything? So you, you, I'm guessing you have something on the personality spectrum, and that's what people are sort of frustrated with, right? And then when you get what? MS, then they start blaming that. That that's the um, the worst thing in the world is when people get medical problems and people want to blame it on psychiatric symptoms or psychiatric pathology. That's just the worst thing in the world. So well, I, they, they don't believe in psychiatrists. Yeah, yeah. So, so I listen. I I will tell you. Um, I'm guessing. 
that one of your conditions is one that makes your relationships difficult, right? Do you have a lot of abandonment, preoccupation, that kind of thing? Is that is that true? Which has to do with my MS. I, and I understand. I, I understand. I, yeah. I did, but I, you want you came for advice, so so I'm just I, I right. you're asking me not to out your psychiatric diagnosis, which I do not want to do, but I do also want to kind of understand what's going on. So so the the key is the two key things that will help you to manage your grief and to deal with your disability and to be regulated emotionally it this is a, this is a lot as you know Susie so it is a dialectical behavioral therapy will help you so in your relationships and with some of your emotions and then the grief has to be processed with other people and as people are pushing you away because of their fear of the psychiatric stuff if you do the DBT, that should settle. But it's really, it's essentially impossible to do grief work by yourself. You need people that are there, who are present, who know what it's like to go through this, who are attuned to you, and who are there on your behalf. Thank you, Susie. I've got to keep going. I've got a lot of, lot of requests up here, so I'm going to try to get to them all. So let's see what we can get here. Uh, scrap the planet. Uh, that should be interesting. Uh, <laughs> scrap the planet. Go ahead there. Takes a bit, there's a big delay before they can get to the mic. So let's give them that, give them that courtesy. They're muted. Uh, yep, you're muted again. So uh, the lower left unmute. corner, you unmute your mic. Oh, there you are. Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Hey, sorry about that. Drew, I just want to say what a great privilege it is to talk to you. And I want to thank you for your objectivity through the pandemic. Um, and, you know, uh, you were talking about myocarditis and that sort of thing. And that was one of my great apprehensions with uh, the possibility of getting the vaccine. Yeah, how old are you? Uh, I'm 33. You're you're a guy, the good news is you're a little older than when people are really getting that. But there is this I, I for again I just want you to know the things that I worry about and think about. Um, Great. If you were and, like my son, my, one of my sons got vaccinated, one didn't. Okay, and okay, it's you. It's, it depends on your level of motivation and comfort. You're making that decision on you know for yourself with a medical caretaker in your right. age group. I'm worried about this excess death data. Until that is explained, I, I'm going to worry about that. And they're not seemingly explaining it. They're sort of pushing it away or pretending it's not there and it's clearly there. And, you know, what is it? Just explain what it is. If it's not the vaccine, great. Then what is it? And that's all yeah. I'm looking for right now. So then I could tell you, you don't have to worry about it. You can get that vaccine or you can, you can always get Novavax if you want it. And you can get uh, sure. hopefully one day well Covaxin. So one thing that I really want to mention is my apprehension comes because I've had Lyme disease multiple times since, you know, I was times. about 10 years old. Yes. And Where do you live? Do you live in Lyme, Connecticut? No, no. <laughs> I, I grew up in New Jersey, but I live in Philadelphia now. Wow. Multiple but times. I have had it half a dozen times. Oh, now, my God. Must, like, that is insane. You must like hiking and, or something. Yeah, you hike yeah, a I lot? Do. I'm an outdoorsman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I noticed on LymeDisease.org that something like 30% of Lyme sufferers saw a resurgence of their Lyme disease after taking the vaccine. Well, um, there, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff flying around. I've not seen that substantiated. The, the whole autoimmune thing, I, right. I, I don't know yet. I Again, we just don't know yet. That may end up being I, the most frustrating thing in the world is that they're not doing the due diligence. It feels like they're not yes, really sir. doing the studying that will help answer right. all that, which I, I can't. I, I don't, it seems irresponsible. It drives me, me nuts, it's, man. It's, it's mystifying. It, it, 
if if I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say it's purposeful, but I'm not. Um, I'm not either. And, and it's we it gets weird though. I got to tell you, it gets so yeah. weird. But but I, that's it's sort of spooky. why I'm talking to all these people that were object, uh, you know, were the object of the uh, cancellation and stuff. Seems yes. if I get information that helps me understand what's happening, and it has. It's really helped me kind of put the pieces and, of the puzzle together. And you know that's why I have to say I'm sure you hear it all the time, but my respect for you and Susan and your whole team has only grown through the, the pandemic because you've just stayed objective and you know you helped me realize Good. that I'm I'm not insane. No, you're you not. Know, I'm just trying to, to look out for <laughs> yeah. my health. You're not you know, insane. Been, Thanks for including us. Yeah, for including yeah. Susan. And I've been, I've been very in hard on this. For, for 10 years with Lyme disease, oh I just God, don't so want to set myself back Oof. just so that I can get a vaccine. You yeah, know, I, I get it. I, I totally get anything. it. I, I, you know, I just, I just want to be careful. I, I completely get it. Thank you for the kind words. Remember yeah, our, our little goal at the beginning. Was all to, we see are the negative ones. <laughs> <laughs> our little goal at the beginning of this whole thing. I was just thinking about today, how long we've been doing this, but just to make sense of things for people to kind of, you know, calm everybody down and try to be sensible. Somebody, by the way, is just saying, uh, CHP is saying Dr. Campbell recently visited Africa. Maybe that's why his uh, H medicine is punched out there. But uh, that's not usually uh, a medication. That's not malaria medication. You're taking malaria medication when you go down. Not that. The H medication is designed for people that are refugees from certain parts of Africa. They're required to take that medicine if they come back into this country. But it's not just routinely prescribed down there. Uh, let me look at you guys. Uh, please refer to the NCBI articles about Morgellons to confirm. To confirm what, my friend? Sorry. Uh, let me see what else is going on. Restream. Take calls, no super chats. Keep moving. All right. I will keep going. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Let's get Joseph up here. I have to... No, but I know. Caleb's going to keep an eye on YouTube okay. Super Chats, but okay. I will be listening. Okay. And maybe I'll make a comment if I don't like what you're doing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll look for it. You do a great job. But anyways, um, Caleb's standing in. Okay, I see lots of comments from YouTube today. Nothing really from Facebook. Tons. I hope you guys are okay. They are. There's a few. Okay. Um, yeah, the Rumble thing is still not working. Mm. And if you're on Rumble, we can't see your chat. And I don't know why. And we miss you. But we there are 600 people over there. And if you do want to make a comment, head over to Facebook or YouTube.com slash Dr. Drew. And go on their chats. Uh, here, speaking of, here's a comment. From, and I see you, you there, do, Joseph. Hold on a second. You can do both of them at the same time. Uh, Jax L., interesting comment. Under the heading of facts about mRNA vaccines, CDC removed the mRNA and the spike protein do not last long in the body. Hmm. That's interesting. They do last long in the body. We do know that now. Do they last? You know, it depends what you mean by long. Maybe that's one of the reasons they didn't want to get into that controversy. Joseph, what's going on? Hey, Dr. Drew. Um, I've been a big fan of yours for about 25 years, so it's pretty cool talking to you. Cheers, um, cheers man. Can you, can you hear me? I do. What's going on? Oh, okay. All right. So I, I got myself in a, in a situation, and um, it's, a, it's a relationship question. Um, so I guess I'll kind of give you a quick backstory. Um, I, I got married uh, 10 years ago. Um, I've been with my wife for about 10 years. Um, or I, I've been with her about about 12 years. So when I met her, um, I kind of married into the family, of course. And um, we we at, at the time her 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 sister um, was she basically went everywhere with us. Yeah, she was we kind of uh, we kind of took her in as almost. I mean, she was she had a troubled childhood, so we kind of took her in. Um, she was 15 years old at the time. Um, so 
long story short, she ended up moving in with us. Uh, we live in Florida now. She moved, she ended up moving in with us. Um, so I, I she she's 25 now, um, and I, I guess some some uh, the relationship got stronger. I guess and and um, ended up uh, I, I actually had an affair. Oh boy. With, with, um, okay. Um, yeah. So so it's um. The thing is, it's the, the the relationship is continuing. My my wife actually knows. Um, is continuing, and I'm kind of torn between both of them right now. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a tough situation. Do you have kids? So I, I, I uh, we do we do we have uh, we have two kids together. I yes. think on be how old are the kids? Uh, six and seven. All right, and you're not telling me I don't love my wife, I love her sister. You're saying I'm torn. Uh, an easy way to make that choice is to realize you made a commitment to one of them, and that commitment includes creating a safe environment for children, which requires that relationship to be stable. I'm stunned that your wife knows about this and is sort of tolerating it. Well, so she found out a few months ago. We we separated. Um, it, it, it's 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 the way I look at. It. I mean, we there's no excuse. No, excuse. I'm not making any excuse at all for for what I did. Um, but we we were already in time. When when the when the just Okay, Joseph. Joseph, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you, my friend, because the 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 connection is terrible here. But let me just. Unfortunately, I'm picking up almost nothing of what you're saying. So. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove you from the podium here, and then I'm going to talk to you. So here's the deal. My job, uh, yes, it is a love line story. Uh, my deal is not to pile onto your guilt. I'm sure you have plenty of guilt. Uh, this is sort of, <sighs> this is not okay, right? I, I think you and your wife need to get into a room with a therapist, anybody, anybody qualified for some couples therapy. And really decide, can this work or not? Uh, one of the uh, one of the first orders of business is to decide: could this be restored or not? And do we both want to make an effort to do so, or is this betrayal so profound that she can never get over it? Uh, I hope she can, and I hope you will commit to it. And uh, on behalf of your kids, that's all that's important to them is that this family unit stays intact, especially at these delicate ages. And here's the other piece I want to say. Should you break up with your wife, you don't get to then hook up with her sister. You don't get to do that. I, I know you really love this girl, and there's all kinds of crazy boundary problems. You don't get to do that. It just you have to you have to let go of everything and realize you destroyed this marriage and and that's that you can work on yourself and your boundaries if you wish I don't know the details of what happened here but this is all ultimately kind of a boundary issue um, but you but I I would say in my opinion you don't get then to jump into a relationship with her sister that is just think about it that's not okay all right uh, again decision is yours. That's my recommendation. Uh, so the recommendation is get in a room with a therapist or some kind of psychologically trained be even a clergy, just to decide in a safe environment, do we have anything here? Do we want to make a go of it? And B, if it's no, then you need to 
move on and leave these two young ladies alone, these two women, because you've True. done a lot of damage to both of them. Yeah. Do these types of situations yeah. ever happen when people are, are like totally sober? Because it just strikes me as uh, that's the missing piece with the a lot quality. of these How stories. How did you know that? I just, yeah, it, I, well, I, usually, yeah, when things go bad, it's usually because people are using, right? And it's, it's usually when they're using that the boundaries get violated. And it's usually not a single use. It's usually like somebody who's got some momentum with the substance, for sure. Uh, it does, but that's kind of a separate thing. It's kind right, of a separate right. issue. And let, let's say he or she, he alluded to her having you know childhood issues and stuff. And so you could guess that maybe there's some substance going on there with her. Uh, not clear with him. That's the second order of business, which if indeed it was because of your relationship with alcohol, say, that you got into trouble like this, you need to look at that. It's your alcohol. The alcohol may be the 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 problem. You're not a bad person. You may be a sick person. And the alcoholism, you have a responsibility then to treat it, to get, get help. Raise your hand at a meeting. Talk about it. All right. So, uh, Caleb, I'll take a break here, and then we will get back to more calls. Uh, I'll watch your restream here. And, uh, yeah, more. I, I'd be interested in more calls about all these great guests we've had. We've had all these silenced uh, clinicians and silence researchers and people that have been uh, attacked or marginalized or, or canceled. And I found what they've had to say very interesting. I'm wondering what you guys think about that. We'll be back after a quick break. Consumer price index yet again going up, stock market in turmoil. What's our government doing to quell the surge of inflation that is gutting American families? Oh, yeah, they're spending more money and adding to the burden. Don't bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated. It's time to do something about this. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew. Now, I don't give investment advice, but you can visit birchgold, B-I-R-C-H, gold.com slash Drew. Birchgold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Great people with almost 20 years of experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Don't let your savings lose value. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew and claim your free no obligation info kit from Birch Gold. You can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Visit birchgold.com Drew and secure your future with gold. Do it now. For a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV. It's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly, and with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's Vitamin C Serum, infused with the purest vitamin C, absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. And right now, Genucel has bundled my favorite products and Susan's for you to try today for up to 60% off retail pricing. That's right. Save up to 60% on my favorite Genucel products today. Just go to genucel.com Drew to see what's in our bundles and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. 
The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you wanna, oh boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's not addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. We are back, and I'm uh, looking at some uh, comments here. Lori over on Facebook says, uh, COVID misinformation is informing pregnant women that receiving a COVID MRI vaccine does not cross the placenta. That's right. So to tell her that it does would be considered misinformation at this point in time, even though there's now data that suggests it does, and there may be some issues with the Sensitia One and all this stuff we talked about. I would suggest you talk, you listen to the interview we did um, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Jesus, with Jim Thorpe. Could not have been yesterday, was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it wow. was. Wow. Seems, it seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah, it does. By the wow. way, yeah, and by the way, let me just tell you that there's, um, there's something crazy going on right now uh, where... I, you know, I was seeing patients this morning and I just saw a parade of men, mostly white men, uh, in their middle to late years, um, giving up, like really like, I can't do this anymore. I can't fight. I can't run a business. I can't, uh, things are too impossible. Like I'm being taxed too hard. I'm being regular too hard. I, I, I'm being sued. I mean, it just, it was one after another just saying the world is too, uh, there's too much ingratitude. And I started thinking about men generally. Men need to feel appreciated. That's just a universal feature about males. They need to feel like what they're doing is appreciated, whatever it might be, that somebody appreciates what they're doing. And the lack of appreciation, as well as the the encumbrances right now in if you add you know the downturn in the economy the covid covidian and covidiots and all the craziness that's been going on and the the extreme overreach it, it's people are tired of fighting they they just can't do it anymore and i i just it just it just happened to me this morning uh, and it's weird uh, and maybe it's again confirmation bias to some extent i had a similar thought as i was driving into my office it was i was watching a bunch of people in a certain part of town here. I'm, my office is in an area where people wear masks outdoors all the time, and they're clearly signaling. They clearly are, they're either so overcome with anxiety by what the government has done to them, 
or they are signaling their group participation. In either case, it's insane, and it's hard for me to watch. Not not saying I'm not saying that a mask is an insane proposition. If you have concerns, and particularly if you have chronic medical illnesses, your advanced age, and you're indoors with no ventilation in a place that you want to stay safe and you want to use an N95 mask, good on you. But if you are walking around outside with a surgical mask on, that has zero rationality to it. And I mean zero. Uh, the, I was started thinking about the data on outdoor transmission uh, in an in, in any outdoor space, I can only think of two cases out of how many billions of COVID cases do we have now? So come on now. Yeah, Aaron is saying they're wearing a mask outside or while driving alone. I've seen that one too. But I, I, can, I can at least believe that driving alone is uh, you forgot, right? Maybe you forgot. I, I tell myself that anyway. Uh, and nice, ta a nice theme says Drew is trying to say he's anti-mask now. No, I have been pro-sanity the whole time and i did not there was two major studies that showed the masks had no utility particularly the surgical masks there were some refinement studies that showed that the well a well-fitting n95 may protect an individual but doesn't protect anybody from that individual and it makes sense from the standpoint of what doctors do when they go into a patient room they put on a well-fitting n95 they don't max the patient uh, sometimes in certain conditions like if they're a if they they are a um what do they call it with TB, where they with tuberculosis, where they're, they they aerosolize? If they're aerosolizers, which is only less than twenty percent of TB patients, uh, they might be putting a mask on for a couple of days until they've taken some antibiotics, and then they would take it off. Uh, but they might wear it. We might wear it around those patients for a lot, a bit longer. So that makes sense if you want to protect yourself. You are not protecting somebody else, and you are doing nothing in the out outdoor space. So let's just talk about what's. We're just trying to get the facts down. Just trying to get the data right. And uh, masking children, again, I would refer you all to Vinay Prasad, who just uh, chronicles this data over and over and over again, has no utility. And there's a grow, growing body of evidence that is hurting children. This is not good. Let me bring Jennifer up, uh, see what Jennifer's got to say. Uh, Jennifer's just uh, dropping in here. Let's see what her... And you got to unmute Jennifer, like everybody. As soon as you come up, go ahead and uh, unmute the mic in the lower right hand, left hand corner. And let's hear what you got. What's up? Hello there. Hey there. I am a longtime fan. Like I listen to you on the radio like all the time. Back in the I day. I think you are absolutely incredible. That's very cool. Always loved catching your broadcast. You saved my marriage for 20 years when it was doomed in two. Oh, good for you. Glad you hung in. It lasted 20 years before we divorced. Okay. It was the best decision I ever made to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. um, I have fallen back in love, and it's a peculiar case you might want to know about. All right, I'm ready. We seem to be, that seems to be All our right. theme for the day, so go ahead. I'm on this. Uh, I hope, you're not, I hope it's not your. I hope it's not your your sister's husband, <laughs> because that's just what we heard about. But go ahead. You Sorry. know what? They so should just have a dirty three way and get it over with. No, it's not going to go. That would not. <laughs> it, that would inflame that would everything. Fix it instantly. No, it never that would doesn't. Fix it instantly. I wish Delphi it did. Dog. I wish it did, but it doesn't. I, let me tell you. From okay, experience. my my situation might be more clarity than right. this. Okay. Where I'm coming from. All right. Okay, I'm on this thing called Discord. It's a social media site. Okay. And I can talk to anyone from anywhere around the world. Okay, Discord. So, Hang Discord. on a second. Hang on a second. Caleb, can you uh, enlighten me? 
Yeah, it's it's like a it's a, a chat app. It's usually used by gamers, but it's kind of expanded into having okay. different communities. And uh, I've been working All on right. setting up one for your fans as well at some point. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. interesting. Wonderful, so, wonderful. We'd love to have you. Okay, so what's up? All right. I ran in to a set of men that are so gaily in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And they kind of adopted me as their MILF. Okay. So we have a three-way situation going on. All okay. three of us want to get married to each other. Okay. But the problem is, is they're on, one of them's on the other side of the world from me. One of them is. How do they maintain their relationship if they're so far apart? We are on Discord 16 hours a day spending time together. Oh, boy. I have no other life other than Discord and sleep. How did they, how did the two of them get going? Have they been in the uh, same? It is, it is a master and kitten situation. No, no, but listen. My, my kitten really loves I, his master. I get it. Has he, have they ever been in the same place together? Is it all been? They're both virgins. How old are they? Younger, 18 and 24. Okay. So let's just talk about their relationship for a second. Yes. The, these online relationships, they often don't go well, right? They, We've been at it for three years. I know. It, Loving but, each other that, 16 hours a day. No, I'm not talking about your part yet. I'm talking about their part still. And I understand they've been at it for a while, but many times the, the longer, the worse. Because it's so built up into such a fantasy that is detached from the reality of a day-in and day-out relationship. Um, and and are these people, they haven't asked you for any money or anything, have they? No, they're okay. completely self-sufficient. Okay. They, so, As so a matter of fact, they've bought me gifts. Okay. So I worry about their relationship, which is fine. People can do whatever they want to do. Uh, that's, my, that's my concern is this, the fantasy that is sort of, infused into these online relationships i think the actually the best way to deal with these things always is to get into the same space together as quickly as possible yes so, that's our intention all right so what's the question i'm trying to find a way to get them here as soon as soon can happen all right what's the question all right my question is with me being a mother figure a wife figure mm -hmm. a daughter figure mm -hmm everything to these boys mm -hmm. what do we do to get them to me i i that's a question i cannot answer but you need to do it as soon as possible uh your job though is it's not okay to have a dual relationship with somebody in other words it's very unhealthy to be their mom and their lover, their sister and their accountant, whatever it is. The, to, dual relationships tend to be problematic. So you're going to have to sort of consolidate how they see you. And again, that's going to be done in person into whatever the relationship actually is, whatever the intimacy is. And these other sorts of um, needs that they have that they're projecting onto you you have to be very careful with those. You you can be you can be a caretaker, but you can't be their mom. You know what I mean? You're not their mom. You have to stay in reality. And there is so much fantasy built into what you guys have created here. It, it worries me. It worries me. You not that I'm saying you can't have fantasy in a relationship. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this is all built on fantasy, and you have to get the reality piece going here. And uh, I will tell you that just. Uh, 
just having uh, a male, well, a person and another person into an intimate relationship. There are armies of professional trying to keep them okay. You add a third person in there and it gets extra super intense and crazy and difficult. Not saying you can't do it. It's up to you. But I'm just saying, that's why I was worried about the two of them at first. And then throwing you into the mix, it gets pretty, pretty crazy here. Let's bring another guest up. This is uh, Alvera. Am I getting this right? Um, Alvarez. Uh, Alvarez. Hi, doctor. Hey, what's happening? Can you hear me? Yes. Hey. Um, I recently had a cardiac ablation probably four days ago now. And uh, I'm recovering well, doing okay. Mm -hmm. Um, my, My question is, it was due to PVCs, uh, premature ventricular contractions, and my cardiologist um, said that she has seen a dramatic increase in this over the last year. This procedure that she uh, does for several patients, yep. and she says that the um, that correlation she has made has been to the Moderna vaccine. Okay, I don't know anything about it. I'm just, I'm kind of wondering what your, first, what your thoughts are on it. So, and so second, we've done, we've done uh, multiple shows on this, right? Uh, oh, okay. try, trying to sort this out. There was some data just tweeted by Vinay Prasad about this very issue. Um, I, I am hearing this. Whoop, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I am, I am hearing exactly what you're describing from many different sources. The question is, are we going to be able to connect it with the vaccine or not? And is it due to some intrinsic muscle disorder that we need to be worried about? So I'm a little surprised that they did an ablation just for PVCs. Were you having them, were you in what's called bigeminy? Were you having them like 40 times a minute? I was having them pretty consistently throughout the day and and they were it caused a lot of problems in my life and it, uh, the, my quality of life. I was, I was in a lot of, uh, discomfort and I lost work because of it as well. So, so because it made you anxious or because it would made you lightheaded or what, was, what were the symptoms? Yeah, both actually. Yeah. Okay. Very anxious and, and lightheaded. Okay. And, and I even passed out a couple times. Okay. Passing out. No bueno. But, uh, wow. I do have, um, I do have a few people, where I, a lot of people that have out of the blue having these kinds of problems. I, I've seen a lot of it. I'm not ready to say it is the vaccine, but if the cardiologists are saying there's more of it, then you got to wonder about it. You also got to wonder if it's COVID too. Um, but uh, PVCs, so again, premature ventricular contractions are totally benign. I'm certain they, they gave you a beta blocker or something to try to stop it, and it probably didn't work. And, right. Right. And, um, and then they have to go in there and they have to f- map out where those extra weird beats are coming from and they ablate, they burn that area of the heart so it doesn't create this abnormal electricity any longer. And post-inflammation is what can cause it. So we know that uh, the spike protein is causing inflammation in the heart, so it makes some some you know sense right it makes some sense so and you're not alone we're hearing a lot of this and uh, great news is the you know electrophysiologists are so good these days that that should be the end of it for you i'm sorry and to what go through do you all think, that what what do you think about uh, is this something that people like myself should just hold on for for the research in order for any kind of you know i mean i don't know what my my recourse is here if there's any you mean in terms of taking action against the vaccines or something I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I, I, mean, I, I don't I think don't I, I don't think there's going to be anything like that because of the emergency use authorization. But I do think that you should be prepared to look out for people asking for 
clinical histories. In other words, if you've had the following, please call us. Do do so. Do so. Help us collect the data. Okay? Oh, okay. So so I want to jump on those. Any yeah. type of Yeah. Okay. Anywhere you see well, thank you so much. But here's I, the deal. I, you're I gonna really you're it. you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. I, I'm always shocked when they treat PBCs aggressively. There there's a weird new idea in cardiology that if you have too many PBCs, it will cause a muscle dysfunction, like a muscle disorder, which is why they're a right. little more she aggressive these she days. Basically said that my heart would you know, would give out, so to speak. Yeah, that's what they. I I'm not sure that how common that really is with PVCs because I've I've been, you know, back in my day we didn't treat PVCs. We just let them kind of go away on their own, and they usually did, or we put you on a beta blocker, and that was it. Um, I didn't see a lot of long term consequence from it, although I'm sure it happens occasionally. And why not take that away completely since we have ablation? So I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you did it. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so Here much. You uh, my tube super chat. Any thoughts on meditation for mental health? Hundred percent. I, you know, I, I, you can check, follow Dan Siegel. He has a lot of stuff on mindfulness. He's he's sort of my go-to expert on this stuff. Um, there's a bit of a problem uh, with mindfulness generally that people don't talk about, which is that twenty percent of people get worse on it. Now, people, uh, friends of mine that are meditating uh, specialists will always say, "Well, that's just a phase they go through. They'll eventually get through it and get better." I'm just reporting the data, such as it is. Uh, you can also try uh, sort of guided meditation or hypnosis. Also very good. It's all very good for, amongst other things, anxiety and OCD type symptomatology. But the mood and motivation, all these things also can be helpful as well. Um, mindfulness becomes rumination maybe. Um, all right. Is this so the guy you were talking about, Drew? Uh, that's Dan Siegel. Yeah. Okay, good. I'll put it on the website. He is really actually one of my heroes, and uh, you cannot go wrong with him. Uh, let's get Stephanie up here and see what uh, she's interested in talking about. Any procedure that causes scar tissue can initially have a weaker area near scar tissue that can re-strengthen over time. Uh, just take it easy with slow cardio. Aaron, um, I don't know that that's true. That's maybe true of skeletal muscle. You sure that's true of cardiac muscle? Uh, if you're a cardiologist, let me know, and I will take your word for it. Uh, Stephanie, uh, unmute there, and let's hear your question. Yes, I have a question. I've, it's, I've been going through this for a while, mm. and I know I am uh, 53, and I had a um, – I'm, I'm divorced, and I have – I had a younger boyfriend – and I was, I'm on birth control and I find myself with, I went for two months where I had a very small period and I don't have that. I have mm -hmm. extremely large periods mm -hmm. where I have to wear a uh, period cup and, and, um, all right. So let, let, let me, I want to make sure I'm hearing you. You were on the birth control pill for how many years? Oh God. Like many years, you know, a couple of years. Right. Yeah. Many years. Many years. Okay, and so now I you're, know how I, now you're off and you're having heavy bleeding. No, I, um, what happened was I, um, had sex with my boyfriend and, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, you're on the birth control and we don't have to worry about getting pregnant. And suddenly I'm having like pregnancy issues, but I'm like, I, I am also, I quit having my period too. And, uh, the doctors, I don't, I take pregnancy tests and they come up negative. No, you're not and pregnant. And I might, and they're saying I'm not pregnant yeah. and uh, my, it's now going on where my stomach is growing. <laughs> okay. Have you had an ultrasound to see what's going on there? 
No, okay. no, they well, refused to do that. I didn't get no help. <laughs> well, that, that absolutely, that's not okay. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. Uh, this could be many, many, many different things. Uh, but some of okay. them are, some of them are serious. Some of them are not, but you need a diagnosis. Uh, you so any, 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 any postmenopausal bleeding, any heavy bleeding later in, in life. That's all, that's kind of serious. You got to make sure yeah. it's not uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, this kind of stuff. Um, well, I've always had a heavy period throughout my life. So, um, it kind of surprised me. It just like after, after my boyfriend's like, you haven't, you haven't had a period in like forever. And I go, right. yeah, I know. And right. there I'm getting, I'm getting no help. <laughs> right. It, it, it can be a lot of things, but you need, where did you go to get care? I mean, that's ridiculous. That they haven't done. I live in, I'm, yeah, I live in Nevada. I live in a place called Pahrump. It's an hour and a half from call, Vegas. Call my friend Heidi. She'll know where you should go. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Heidi. Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember his last name. Uh, oh, God. She lives there with you. You're going to, Heidi, um, the Ma Heidi Madam. Heidi, the Madam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Heidi well, Fleiss. Anyway, Heidi Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss. Fleiss. She yeah, lives right yeah, there with you. Your, yeah, I know. Um, I'm, I'm to that brain. point. Ugh. I got, oh, you're doing fine. <laughs> you give me at least solace and knowing that it, I'm, I have like a month and a half to go and I have movement and stuff. Mm. When I sleep, my friend said, Hey, your, your, your stomach's moving like a pregnant woman's stomach. I'm like, Oh, shiza. Oh, no. But no, you would see that's easy to rule out, right? You've t test that, yeah. with the, you know, go test that at the, at the grocery store or whatever. Uh, but here's the deal it, it is there, there's, you have to get this evaluated. This this is this can be anything from nothing to endometrial cancer to to endometrial. You know, there's all kinds of endometrial pathologies that can be eroding into the lining of your uterus. There can be growths and polyps. There can be, uh, you know, obviously ovarian cancers and things. A lot of different things can be associated with this. So, do get it checked out. Uh, this is Nadine. Let's see what Nadine is interested in. Get her up here. Rumble is undergoing a massive attack. Wow. What is the, what kind of attack is that, Caleb? It's a uh, denial of service attack. I, I'm not actually sure who's doing it. This happens a lot to websites, especially when they get into the public eye. So they're trying to mitigate it, apparently. But that's probably why the chat isn't working right now on Rumble. Well, congratulations, Rumble. You've uh, made it. You're there. You're exactly. important. When people yep. can start attacking you or other group. Maybe it's uh, governments or whatever. So we'll see. Uh, Nadine, you have to unmute and we'll see what's going on there. Good afternoon, Dr. Drew. Afternoon. Nadine from Saskatchewan here. I don't know if you remember me. I hop on here quite a bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do remember some Saskatchewan calls. So go ahead. Husband's a physician. Oh, yes. I do Ring remember you. Yes, yes. 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 Go right so ahead. I was wondering if you have seen or if your college of physicians and surgeons are doing the same thing in where you are at. I believe you're in California. They have their own Ken Orms. However, um, Ontario College of Physicians was giving directions to doctors. Mm -hmm. I tweeted about it. It's oh, I gone saw that. I remember viral. that. Yes, I saw it. Yeah. So, so they're basically saying if you're against the vaccine or anxious about getting it, they're recommending that they drug or, or prescribe drugs or refer to psychiatry. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think things like that completely destroys public trust into our healthcare institutions? Of course. This whole thing has been a complete <laughs> catastrophe, for, mostly for public health. To be fair, they've been the ones that have really been overreaching, but. You, we will. It's it's really coming into focus that that we will look at this the way say we look at the opioid epidemic now or the tobacco you, you know 
use and the way tobacco was uh, endorsed by the medical pro uh, profession. I mean, there's so many examples of this over the years. And he, he you know, I, I just, you're, what you just told me really reminds me of the end of the opioid pandemic when they really started getting ridiculous. Remember when pain was the fifth vital sign? Pain controls what the patient says it is. You don't need a doctor. You just need the patient to, to pick with the pharmacist what medicine he or she needs. It was killing patients at a rate that was unbelievable. And the when when the medical societies got involved with it, that's when, well, it still went on for a couple of years after that, to be fair. It really wasn't until somebody took aggressive actions to reverse it. And that was mostly in this country. We By the, by the end of the opioid pandemic, we were prescribing 90% of the Vicodin on the planet Earth. And, and the pain people, which would be much like your uh, medical society referring people to a psychiatrist for uh, vaccine hesitancy, the, the pain people felt absolutely self-righteous and that they were completely in the right and this was God's work they were doing. And I'm sure that the people that are overreaching in your medical society have the exact same attitude about this. The idea that they're using psychiatry, I just can't even believe that, to, to what exactly would the psychiatric pathology be? Anxiety disorder? I mean, okay, if somebody has an anxiety disorder, they should maybe be treated if they're motivated to be. That's not going to change their cognitive functioning around uh, vaccines. And it has the it has the ring of... Um, it definitely has the ring of what did they used to do in China? What did they call them during the Cultural Revolution? Somebody help me with this. I'll look on the stream here. They had they had these re reacculturations or they had these camps where they would send people for. Please, somebody help me on the restream. Uh, it was a famous and and awful period of history during the, uh, the Cultural the Revolution. Reeducation camps. Reeducation camps. They were like reeducation camps, and that and this has that ring to it. This has that ring to it. That's how far we've gone, everybody. That's where we are. I mean, I have a question. Yeah. How, how do you stop it? How do you affect change when it's coming straight down from the College of Physicians? How do we, as patients, at, as the public, hold them accountable and say enough's enough and get changed? Do you I, know? I, I wish I knew an answer. My my little you know sort of attempt is just helping people get access to information that they're having trouble getting access to and trying to help process it with them. That's my little role at, at present. I, I don't know what else we do. Uh, I suspect in this country, it's going to be the courts. That's what did it. Uh, it was the actual department of justice that stopped the pandemic in, in our, in our country. Um, I'm guessing the courts are going to have some role in this at some point. Uh, though I would hope the legislatures would get involved because at some point they have to solve the excesses that are granted to the public health departments or public health bureaucracies. It's excess, it's excessive, and it needs to be curtailed, or at least it needs to have a process to it. It's completely out of control, and this is a great example of that. Um, you know, it, it breaks my heart because one of my, my proudest um, achievements is uh, a fellowship at the American College of Physicians. I'm also a fellow at the American Board of Addiction Medicine, but somehow that ACP one really is deeply meaningful for me. Thankfully, they have not gone... Uh, wild like that, the way the local authorities have in, in your uh, in Saskatchewan, but that's uh, really it. Kind of hurts me. I'm sure your husband is broken up about it, right? 
Well, it wasn't in our province yet. I'm actually going to be digging into our province and see exactly what they're putting out. Mm. Like he's he's seen many things come through email. Uh, I remember once there was a, a group chat um, with with doctors that my husband was a part of, and it, it was when mask exemptions were being a thing. And I remember the doctor saying, "I'm not." giving out any mask exemption. If they have issues with masks, I'll, I'll prescribe them whatever drugs necessary. And I keep thinking, I have severe vasovagal syncope that puts mm-hmm. me in a chair, wheelchair sometimes. Mm-hmm. So any heat uh, causes me to faint. So I have mm-hmm. I have a mask exemption, yeah. but yeah. I would be the kind of people, if I went to see a doctor, that they would do everything they possibly can to make me think I'm insane that this is in my head. And they, they some have tried that um, prior to this, but it's it's clearly a physiological thing. Yeah. I, 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 you know I, who wants to be in a wheelchair? <laughs> I, I know, but you know what's really interesting to me? And you, you're Canadian, and the excesses up there, to any of you who are not around the world, we're, we're pretty aware of in, in America, the excesses that have been going on up there. But I find it, it's interesting to me that these excesses that have been perpetrated by these governments, uh, the continued emergency states, the excessive authority centralized in these public health officials, many of which have no clinical training, has caused people, it, it, and so, uh, and a lot of the excesses are seen to be coming from people with sort of left-leaning, uh, sort of, or, or their left-leaning leaders, and it's interesting to me that instead of everybody, there seems to be that people are running to the other side of the boat, but they're not going to the right. They're going to libertarianism and sort of freedom fighting, which I, it's very just interesting to me that, that the issue of freedom has become sort of front and center as a result of all this. Is that what you're seeing up there too? Yeah, like our institution, whether it's medical, uh, social services, teachers, are all very left leaning. All business, small business. No, owners, I, I get it. We, we're watching you guys, and we can see it. But but but, I, <laughs> but again, as opposed to a swell they of, go libertarian. of of a yeah. conservative movement, it seems like what's on people's mind, and I don't even know if it's a political movement yet. I just hear a lot of it is talks about freedom and freedom fighting, I and mean, we need. You know, I, I just hear it. I hear it a lot. And it's just, I'm just making note of it. It's just interesting to me that that's where people are going. I, I don't know that it's obvious that you predict that. Thanks, Nadine. I got to try to get some more calls up here if I can. Uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, Kayvon has been uh, very patiently waiting here. I'll try to get him in here. Uh, Kayvon, what's going on? I'll let you get up here and give you a chance. Again, there's a little delay here. And on the restream, what do you guys think about that? What do you think of that observation? Am, am I am I seeing something true there? That uh, it's just so interesting that 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 this topic of freedom is is I'm I'm actually interviewing Michael Malice tomorrow. Uh, he, I don't know when that's going to oh. go up on the Doctor Drew podcast. Oh oh. I didn't know you. No. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going to be on his show. Okay, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Well, I could be on his show. I, he would probably like that. But he he's flying out from Austin to do the interview, and I because I, I asked for him because I, because I heard him on Lex. Uh, oh crap! What's Lex's last name? Th- th- um, Friedman. Lex Friedman's show, and I and I I instinctively I, I don't want to use too strong a language. I don't like the idea of um, of. Um, Gosh, my brain, we're getting late in the game here. 
anarchy. I don't like anarchism. I don't like it at all. I don't like the people that have espoused anarchism. I'm, I'm really very against it. And I was listening to Michael Malice on Lex Friedman's show, and I thought, oh, I agree with everything he says. <laughs> Maybe it's not what I thought it was. Um, I got to get him in and question him. He's got some really interesting ideas and really interesting thoughts. Uh, do you follow him, his show, Caleb? No, I'm just, I'm just familiar with him uh, from seeing him on live streams and especially that very large live stream mm -hmm. that I always refer to from, I believe it was much earlier this year, late last year with Tim Poole and, you know, uh, Joe Rogan and all of Alex the people Jones. were kind of, Alex, yeah. well, yeah, Alex Jones, yeah. I was going to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he had a weird, He's Tim Poole had a weird, weird group on. Yeah, I know he was. It, it was pretty um, much the most amazing live stream I've ever seen because just sitting there for probably 20, 30 minutes with all of these people there, the most viewers I'd ever seen for a live event. And also I, I could just have counted at least $20,000 in super chats popping up just in that little mm. space of time I was watching. So some very dedicated. Do you want there. malice? <laughs> do you want Mike on, on this stream? We can get him. No problem. Sure. Yeah. I think Lex, Lex I'll, I'll is also tomorrow. for sure. I would. Lex, I've been trying to get, I, yeah. I have, I'm, I found him. I've been dig, I've been listening to all of his pods. A very interesting dude. Uh, I do think he's a beta for a robot. He's not a real human. Kayvon, <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk. Malice gives him crap like about that, and I'm going to share that with him. Uh, Kayvon, uh, go ahead and unmute your mic down lower left-hand corner. Let's hear what you got. Mm, I'm, and we can only go so long waiting for you, my friend. Uh, I can put you back in the audience. It's just there's a microphone in the lower left-hand corner. And uh, you can while they're figuring that out, do you want to answer this one? Because I think it's interesting. This person had posted about tramadol. Okay. Uh, hospital nurses are telling patients and family members that tramadol is not addictive. Uh, read the prescribing information. Yes, tramadol is a weak opiate, much like Kratom. Uh, I have seen very serious problems with both. I'm just, I'm actually taking a call as soon as I get off the phone here about a Kratom problem. Uh, really seriously addicted. And uh, tramadol, I've seen people, mostly what I've seen from tramadol is people with opiate addiction being given tramadol, told it's not addictive, and not understanding why their whole disease gets re-triggered after they get on tramadol. In fact, I took care of a, a, pay, a, a physician, a doctor who was an opiate addict, had been doing well in recovery, and suddenly had this major relapse. And I was like, I, I don't understand why you relapsed. Everything's going well. You were doing what you're supposed to do. And I really went over carefully what had happened and found out that two months before, uh, a peer put him on tramadol for some knee pain or something, which is unconscionable. But that and that was even that was probably in the late '80s, early '90s before the opiate thing really took off. Yep, my old doc told me benzos weren't addictive. I should try them. I dropped that idiot. Yeah, benzos are severely addictive. Now, I'm not saying that you can't take them for periods of time. You can very carefully, but if you have addictive pathology, it will trigger all of that. Uh, Kayvon, are you in there? Okay, my friend, I'm sorry. I've got to remove you from the platform. Uh, I'm going to bring up Susan Pinsky, invite her to speak and see if she has anything to add to this conversation. Uh, oh, she refused? That can't be. Wow. Uh, wow, she's she's dissing us. She's refusing. All right, let me bring uh, Matt up here. Uh, Matt, go ahead. Hey, Dr. Drew, can you hear me? I got you. What's up? Hey, thanks for everything you do. I really appreciate you kind of iron out the details and just, you know, not trying to be on one side or the other, you know? I'm just really not. I'm really facts. just trying to figure it all out with the rest of us. Uh, but there, there's a lot, there's a lot 
to be told. We, we were not told everything. I was not told everything. I, I couldn't figure out. I just kept shaking my head why, why what was happening was happening. Now it's slowly getting clear, slowly getting clear. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit, you know, during the beginning of the pandemic, I heard what you were saying and I was like, I can't believe he's saying that stuff. And then I, you know, you backtracked a little bit and you kind of, I realized, you know, you're really, you know, just trying to stick to the facts and trying to get to the truth. I, I, and I really I was, appreciate that. Well, Matt, what you saw, unfortunately, what, yeah. what, what I was trying to, I saw the panic. I could see the panic and I could see yeah. the, I could see people who had no business having an opinion demanding certain actions. People who'd never heard of these things before was demanding suddenly what we needed to do. I knew that was going to be a problem. I knew it would hurt people. I knew it would be a disaster. Yeah. And so my mistake was I tried to compare it to try to get people to calm down to H1N1, which killed 300,000 people, and no one even knew it happened. And I kept saying, look, this could kill a million people. It could kill two million people. But there was one that was 25% of that, and you don't know it happened. Do we have to go from not knowing it's happening to destroying society for this one? Or can we, is there some intermediate zone we could get into? And so that was my argument. And the part that everybody, that, again, when you get when something goes viral on social media, it's never what you say. It's what, <laughs> it's what somebody says you said. And so at the end of every comment, I always made sure I said, listen, just listen to the CDC and let Anthony Fauci be your North Star. I've been listening to that guy since the AIDS pandemic. He helped me out greatly, uh, has many times been a really great source of information. So just let him be your North Star. Listen to the CDC. We'll be fine. Well, of course, yeah, they, absolutely. they got, I think we, they got we, adulterated we lack, by the craziness. So Yeah, and I, I think we lack that in, uh, in America, at least, you know, doctors who instead of just looking at the book, you know, try and put the pieces of the puzzle together themselves. You know, I guess that's what you do as an internist, you know? You, you are, but we were forbidden from doing that. So that was the, that was the first thing I noticed that, oh my God, we, we don't, my peers, 80% of our peers are employees and they've stopped doing that. They've started taking direction from on high and following pathways and all these ridiculous sort of bureaucratic, they become bureaucrats. And so thinking for themselves became dangerous and they froze. I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen doctors stop doing their job on a mass scale like that. That was yeah. deeply disturbing to me. Deeply yeah, disturbing. I went through another uh, one question I did call in about was medical related, just real quick. Go ahead. Um, I, I've gone through, uh, honestly, a terrible experience medically the past two years. Uh -oh. well, two years ago this month, uh, uh, honestly, I just had a, I was taking doxycycline for some inflammation in a right testicle. Okay. I was on it for a month. This might be totally unrelated. Um, okay. So, so let's, get, let's break it down. So you had epididymitis, right? That's what yep. they, that's what they use yep, doxy that's for. What they, that's what they deemed it okay. to be. So you had doxy um, for a month. A, Go ahead. Yep. I had a hydrocele as well. I okay. on it for about a month. Okay. Right after about a month, I started getting this pain in my right jaw, uh, kind of like in the lymph node area or salivary gland area, submandibular yeah. area. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this, I thought maybe it was the doxycycline. I stopped taking it. Mm -hmm. That pain didn't really go away. Um, and then I, I, it, I, ever since then, I've been on a huge journey. They did an ultrasound. They're like, oh, your salivary gland and your lymph node right there is a little swollen, but mm -hmm. we'll put you on some antibiotics. It'll clear you up. We tried like two, uh, three different antibiotics over the course of months. It kept getting worse and worse. The pain spread to my face, down the right side of my throat. And then, you know, I went to ENT. Two different ENTs, even a John Hopkins ENT. Once okay. they're telling me, oh, you know, my salivary gland is probably clogged and right. we need to widen it. And I'm like, no, that don't that doesn't sound right to me. It, it does, it does sound that way to me. I gotta tell you, it's the first thing I thought of was a, either a stone or a, sten a stenosis there. Uh, it gets worse. Right. So then after several more months, 
it spreads to the back of my neck. And I have a on this right, same right side of my neck. It muscles like tight. It feels like a strained muscle back mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like the pain is going through my head from the back of my face. And, 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 and you're off face. the doxycycline at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a long okay. time, yeah. Okay. And um, nobody can figure it out. I go to two ENTs, neurologist. Neurologist tells me it's Jesus. just a, a glassopharyngeal neuralgia and occipital neuralgia and it's only one side it's chronic and now it's kind of like mid back as well and it's like pins and needles and you know i've just been on this hectic and i've realized you know no doctor they just go by the book here take some neurotin and 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 see they know they don't want to get to the solution the source of the problem you know i've had ct scans it all looked normal i've had Tons of blood tests from rheumatologists. All that came out fine because my mom's got Crohn's and diverticulitis. My sister has, I'm sorry, my sister has Crohn's. My mom has rheumatoid arthritis. So I thought maybe it was an autoimmune thing, but nope, everything's fine with that. So so. so like like a writer's syndrome or something? Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I just, anything. And and so I I haven't seen an internist, but do you have any other direction? Do you think I should go in with this? Did you have an MRI? And if you did, of what? Yeah, I had an MRI of my brain um, and cervical as well. I didn't have the so, whole spine. Um, so and so I, two brain and cervical spine, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did they get also get images of your salivary glands and neck? Uh, and a CT scan, John Hopkins did as well, yeah. Uh-huh. And is the reason they did a CT and not an MR? I did both. Um, okay. I did uh, both. No, no, but um, the MR it, you got of the, the, the central nervous system, but did you get it also of the neck, the soft tissue in the neck? The MRI? No, yeah. I did not. No. All right. So that's something I kind of would want just to kind of complete things. Yeah. And you know where I I think I would, this is going to sound goofy, um, but given how, well, it still could be the, the clogged salivary gland. I mean, you'd be surprised how inflammation can fly around that region. It, it can get pretty nasty. So, so that's still on the table. Okay. Um, yeah. So just kind of put that on the side. I think what I would see just me, what I would have you do is see a neurosurgeon because they think of things that cause neuralgia that the neurologist doesn't actually think of that right. things can be done for. You know, surgeons like doing things. And so they, right. there may be some, he may have some, he or she may have some ideas on what they could do. So I, I would, so there's sort of three ideas in, in, that you that you can kind of pursue any way you wish and in whatever, whatever order you wish. One is to make sure that if there's a soft tissue MR of the neck, so that all that is imaged. Mm-hmm. That, that you see a neurosurgeon who's who's willing to sit and listen, who's willing to think about things, right, which is right. really that's what you're complaining about. You're really not complaining about doctors getting to the source. You're complaining that they don't sit, listen carefully, and right. really think about things. And I would I would tell you as somebody that I taught a lot of physicians. I mean, I taught medicine. I taught psychiatry. I did a lot of teaching. That was the number one problem. They, they either didn't know how to think or they couldn't prioritize the patient enough to care to think. And, right. or, or, or would sort of, they, they had a third mode, which was, I'm not going to figure this out anyway, so uh, it's, let's do the best I can. Let's do something provisional and move on. They, they, they just, you, you need somebody to sit and really think about this. And I think a neurosurgeon might have that kind of capacity to, to be thinking anatomically about that region. Okay. okay. I really appreciate it. That so, sounds like a great idea. So there's yeah. three three things. Don't forget. Neck. Yeah. Know, three things you you might do. And and if none of the if this you know soft tissue neck yields nothing, and the MR and the surgeon yields nothing, and bring your MRs with you if you can when you see him or her, and then you want to go back to the salivary gland and see about the duct, 
because yeah. you can get weird stuff in the salivary duct and it can cause all kinds of weird stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. I really appreciate it. All Thank right, you. Good luck, man. All right. Thanks. Mike. Yeah. That's a, that's a really common problem. It, Caleb suffered for a year oh, because yeah. somebody didn't sit and think about what was going on for him. And oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I wasn't putting that, you got, you know, you have to activate that brain. Right. And so I wasn't, I knew you were around us, but I wasn't thinking that way. I just thought, okay, well, they're taking care you, of him. And he's it's such a slow process. Or whatever, and Remicade. It, it's a slow it's process. very easy to think about. If you just yep. think about why is this kid in bed all day? Huh, he's got Crohn's. I bet he has a psoas abscess. And by the way, yep. he can't lift his legs up. He definitely has a psoas abscess. You'd take three minutes, you'd figure that out. Oh, yep. my God. And it's I'm, I, was, I'm, I was more upset than you know about all that. Oh, yeah. When it all came out, like what was actually going on, and it's it's that it's a crazy thing because once, once, you, once you're on pain medication, then it's starting to disguise the actual issue that's going on. Like it, it's really course, covering it up course. and just letting you keep working. Well, also not covering it up. And also you, you're, you're also thinking, you know, that's it. I'm done. I'm on medication yep. or whatever. I guess I just got to oh, yeah. deal with this, you know? So, all right, let me look at some of these medic, some of these comments here. What is going on with these people? It was, uh, was Chris. He did bizarre. not really describe the, uh, yeah, he did not really describe TMJ syndrome. That really is not what he's talking about. Um, Yep, that's right. It was Chris. You are right, though, about the clock cell argument. It can really can cause inflammation all over the place. Uh, opioid. Uh, uh, uh. Why are you getting defensive about that? What are you guys talking about? Who's Aaron Howell? Uh, I like getting talked down to. I haven't studied medicine for more than a decade. Uh, who is Aaron Howell? Do we know? Who, is something going on in the stream here? Aaron Howell. Uh, okay, I, I can't go any further up. Oh, wait, good form of psychology medicine for reducing the symptoms of algorithmic redu reduction or reductionism. Playing good music. Yep. Uh, Aaron Howell, to your point, uh, long walks and classical music measure adequately, uh, well, reasonably against antidepressant medication. So to your point that we run to medication in psychiatry and in this country especially more than we should. Completely agree. Not that it doesn't sometimes is sometimes required and sometimes very helpful. I'm just saying that point that there are, there are non medicinal ways to approach things, particularly when it's the brain. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, oh, B man. So I'm saying the same thing. Okay, fine. Uh, you love medical mysteries, Alana. I, medical mysteries are they're okay, but they're, I, I I hate them because they they un, often end up unsatisfying for the patient. So I don't like that. Oh my gosh, we're back on Rumble Rants. I've just come over there to see you guys. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Um, uh, Kubang, it's almost exclusively previously addicted people who try to use Kratom to come off, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is people with addiction who get strung out on Kratom, not everybody. Uh, and But those, those are the ones that tend to like it, surprisingly. And they think they're taking something that's a supplement and they get themselves into trouble. That's usually the story. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, you guys. Um I'm not allowed to speak to your H medication and I medication facts. Um, IED, I did talk about it at the beginning today. I don't, you must have missed the opening of the uh, today's restream, over today's stream. Uh, let's see what else. I want to just give you guys a chance to react to because you've been the, the chat hasn't been working. Yogurt is good for stomach bacteria. No, it is good for colonic bacteria. Uh, stomach doesn't really have bacteria because of the acid content. It's mostly hydrochloric acid and bacteria don't live there really for the most part. Uh Kimchi, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I think I, uh, uh, uh. Okay, there you go. So I went through you guys' stuff. I'm going to go through the restream, and then we're going to kind of wrap things up here in a minute. Caleb, any questions for you now that we're sort of winding down? 
Yeah, yeah. I was actually just thinking of a question that I've I've had on my mind recently. So wait, before you I ask, guess, before you yeah. ask, I just want to yeah. hang on real quick. Uh, she HP said my dad had this kind of jaw pain radiating towards the ear. He went uh, was given a local cortisone shot. Yes, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about, and that's what neurosurgeons give for neuralgias, which is one of the reasons I sent him to a neurosurgeon. But go ahead. What you been thinking about, Caleb? Go ahead. So I think this actually connects with what we were just talking about with Crohn's disease and then the pain medication and all of that. So I've actually, it's also an addiction question, I guess, too. I've never had a problem with opioids before. Um, as you can, you'll remember, and people who followed the show will remember that they put me on some very strong Percocets for almost a year before my yep. Crohn's disease surgeries. Yep. And then afterward, yep. I followed the tapering directions. I was totally fine. And like immediately after that, I, I haven't, I didn't want any, even after all that time being on right. Percocets. Correct. Correct. So, however... I mean, I guess that gives me the idea that I don't think I have an addiction problem with it because I just, I haven't needed Correct. it at all. However, while Correct. I was in the hospital, they were running an IV of something called Dilaudid. I think, yeah, Dilaudid. Uh -huh. you, you like that? I have, <laughs> I've never felt like I need to have more of this stuff, but every time on the show, and you've said it a few times, every time you say the name Dilaudid, I feel warmer. Like I sit up a little bit straighter in my chair. I, I snap over and look at the screen. It's almost like my body is having these fond memories of that time, th yeah. this horrible time when I was in the hospital. So it's yes. what happened in those 10 days that, that changed that where I'm, I'm not so, seeking so, out. So like, here's what the deal. What is it doing? Right. So, so it's, it's activating. So there's a wanting system and a liking system in the brain, right? They are different, right. different regions and different distinct systems. The liking system includes a system that's, for many people, experienced as what they will call like a warm blanket, like the, like love, like almost maternal love, like nothing they felt right. since at any other point in their life as deep and profound as this love-like feeling or this, they'll have all kinds of ways of describing it. Right. Um, people can get that feeling without getting addicted to something. Right. So that's you. And it's right. so reinforcing, it's so powerfully reinforcing, which is, again, kind of a condition thing, not an addiction thing. It's so right. reinforcing that just bringing it up right. brings back that positive feeling. It's literally a conditioned response. And is it, right? it if you were an addict, imagine, yeah, yeah. Imagine wow. if you were an addict and the and the wanting system was completely out of whack and you oh. wanted it as as mm. bad as you like it or maybe more than you like it. Imagine right. what that would be like now. And you're, every day, that's all you can think about. Imagine. I, that. I, I just. And, and I by the way, couldn't. in addiction, addiction, the wanting and the and the liking system collude with each other. Right. right. So the, the liking system is going, yeah, I need that. The wanting system, yeah, you need it. Go get it. The wanting system jacks it up till you like it more. And so it just keeps it just keeps escalating. It's really an awful disease. It's it's so it was just so it's such a bizarre feeling because I remember I had to go to the mm -hmm. hospital that first time in like March of 2020. And then I had to go back in like six months later when something came back. And I remember mm -hmm. it was when I was heading to the hospital, I was thinking, God, I wish I didn't have to go back to the hospital but at least they're going to give me Dilaudid again. I mm -hmm. guess yeah. there's one positive thing to this well, horrible thing, having to go back yes. to the hospital. Yes. I've never wanted it so, after that, but I'm just like, so, at least right, I have that. It's not wanting, it's you know? liking. <laughs> like, liking a lot. Like liking it. And it, and it really has a deep kind of uh, attachment associated with it. But imagine, I, I have patients that, uh, I think I tell the story because he's told it publicly, was it Tom Arnold? Yeah, Tom told me this story that he was in a motorcycle accident. He was already, he was sober. Yeah. 
a long time and got in a severe accident, was lying in the street and heard the ambulance coming and thought only to himself, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be fantastic. I, I'm going to get morphine right, right. right away. I can't I wait. Can't even, I can't I, wait. Not thinking about the condition he's in, anything else. Right. Just this is going to be awesome. It was like a, it was like that moment of relief so on my it. way to the hospital that time. I'm just like, well, at least this is going to happen amongst all these horrible things. But it's and, and so is, mm -hmm. are you saying that it's it's the the drug itself is doing that or is it also mixing with something in my brain of I was in so much pain for a year. Then I no. go there and then the pain no. goes away. And it, so it's no, not treating that. Okay. It's it's an it may it may that may have something to do with why it's so powerfully present now. Right. That's literally called negative reinforcement. When you take away a, negative reinforcement is technically taking away a positive, right? So so taking right. away a negative is sort of a relief. You know, it's it's I don't know what they I don't know what the conditioning right. paradigm is formally, but you can see how that would be a powerful conditioning paradigm. So you have this very powerful experience associated with taking away negative input. It's, yeah, this is all just sort of these primitive mechanisms neurologically that all animals have, right? Mammals have, right? Which is conditioning phenomenon. But those are separate from the dependency, from the liking, and from the wanting associated with addiction. They're all different things. Well, I can smell it right now. I smell it. I, I feel that warm, and I <laughs> so can smell stop it. talking it's about so it. Weird. I got. You may go out to. You, <laughs> you may so run weird. out and get some street drugs. Come on now, that's stop so, talking about it. So, so weird. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see if Susan Pinsky wants to come back up here again. Hold on. I'm going to give her one more invite to speak, and then we're going to kind of wrap this thing up. Uh, give me a second here. Uh, I'm going to watch your uh, restream here, everybody. Uh, all right, everybody. I think we ought to wrap up here. Uh, we'll be back next week. It's going to be another kind of little bit weird schedule. Oh, no, we'll actually be back on Tuesday. Uh, the great Ryan Holiday in here. Ryan is a good friend. He's a... Uh, created a, a cottage industry out of a cottage industry out of Stoic philosophy. He has a new book out called Discipline Is Destiny. I think something like that. Uh, I've been reading it. It's quite good. I dig it. Uh, and then on Wednesday we have uh, Dr. Spiro Pantentazos. Uh, is, whoops. Oh, Susan came Hello. in. Hi, Susan. You want to talk? Bonjour. Bonjour. Comment ça va? I'm I'm getting my eyelashes done and. Emily was trying to figure out how to use the Twitter spaces. So now ah. she'll be coming on the show next time. Okay, well, good. So you've told us you, you're talking here to the audience. Uh, anything well, to I add before? My I eyes shut and I can't see anything. It's okay. You know, because gluing little lashes. I don't, I don't know. We need to know all that. But is there anything you want to add to <laughs> the conversation okay, before oh, yeah, I wrap but, up? But I do, I do want to talk about our GenuCell packages. Okay. Since, we're, since I'm getting beauty treatments okay, right now. Okay, go ahead. Did um did Caleb make a little banner of the different items that are in our packages for GenuCell? Caleb, Mrs. Pinsky doing her job here all the time producing. Go ahead. I'm uh I'm gonna pull it up on the screen right now. Okay. okay. She's gonna do it. Yeah, I have specific items that I really like. Well, and I, I noticed that because you you've taken over my bathroom. <laughs> Susan has moved all her stuff into my bathroom because her bathroom well, is getting painted. And there's Genucel products all over my sink and not the stuff that I use either. So I, I saw a little example of your display. So there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I explain your package because they are different. 
Well, there's there's hers and there's mine. Mostly my thing is about getting the red out and getting the uh, the whatever under the eyes, the okay, bags, so and the and the, the moisture. Caleb, tell yeah, everybody what's going on. It's up there. Where they can see it. He's putting it on the stream. They can go to doctor.com, right? Is that and what they, they are? They are 50% off the usual price. So you get a really good deal if you okay. buy the package. All right. Well, thank you. I particularly like the, um, the firming serum that has vitamin C, the hyaluronic acid that has lactic acid, the retinol cream, and then the um, XL, and then the under eye lightning cream and then drew likes the yeah um, we're looking at it we're looking at it while the, you're talking about it you you like the one for um the cream for redness but what what was in your package i can't remember oh, let's go up we can because I, 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 I worry i like the under eye cream and the reds the stuff in the jar that's my two those are my two things uh, so that's, the rest of it is the serums and they're, they're i like them uh, yes, okay, yeah. Susan. Anyway, thank you. So We're gonna let you go. All right. And uh, check those packages out. They're a really good deal. Okay. Thank you for stopping by. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. Whoop. Bye bye. Sorry. So um, <laughs> I saw something here. Oh wait, here's uh, Android Purity wants to give us a gave us a uh, super chat. Says any recommendations for central MD neurosurgeon? Um. What, is, what do you mean central MD neurosurgeon? I'm not sure what that means. You mean like for a, I don't know, a central part of the country or central part of the central nervous system? I, I'm not quite sure what you're looking for there. Uh, so please do follow up with that. Um, yeah. Janice says, I was able to work 10-hour shifts when I was on Norco, no more pain. Yeah. Well, that people, some people, when you go up on an opiate, it usually means that's not good. Most of the people that don't have a problem with opiates kind of go down on them, typically. That's sort of not necessarily true, but uh, but uh, it's often at least the oral opiates I've noticed. So many addictable people. Mm -hmm. Caleb saying, zero opioids since? Yep. Uh, so uh, I didn't see the follow-up for my uh, person looking for the neurosurgeon. All right, you guys. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, so we talked, let me finish the um, schedule. As I said, we have, that's Dr. Kelly's uh, Victory's uh, guest on Wednesday, and then we'll do calls again on Thursday. So Dr. So Ryan Holiday and his new book and his Stoic philosophy and why it's important in today's world. And uh, then Dr. Pantazosos, I can never pronounce his name. And I got to be honest, I can't remember. Did she tell us exactly what the topic was? Was, was it another uh, women's health I'm not quite sure yet. I just got that note earlier. I don't today. remember. I remember. I remember when she brought his name up. Uh, it was uh, the the. It intrigued me greatly what they were talking about. So, uh, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, okay. So thank you all for being here. And uh, again, it is. Uh, we're gonna have to travel tomorrow, so it'll be next Tuesday, three o'clock. We will see you then. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800 
273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.